Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to rock? Batista with the catch! And Andy Pettit is a starting pitcher! I don't think he's pleased. Raymond Green looks like Duncan from Shrek. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. We're going to drink a lot of beer tonight. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get by. I know words. I had the best words. Am I being punked or something? Or... It's time for Fanatic Radio. From Studio 111 via Radio Saigon and simulcast across the country via Blog Talk Radio later at BFL360.com, this is Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. I'm your host, Mike Gardner, joined the always notorious Ben Florence. We're back on a regular scheduled basis. Thank you all who actually bothered to, to submit questions and listen to, uh, to the live show that I did driving home from Syracuse in last <laughs> Saturday's Duke-Syracuse matchup. More to come on that later. Um, we will talk Bryce Harper. Don't worry. That that hit story has hit home for a lot of our, list, our viewing audience and listening audience. Um, we will also talk about the combine, which is going on right now. Jason Witten's return to the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? But the reason why I was late, we're late starting the show is shout out to the uh, my my older brother John. I was I was on the phone with him. It had been a while since I had talked with him. You know he's busy with school and soccer and stuff. But of course, with the, because the one big thing we were talking about is, but I gotta say one of the biggest stories of of the past few weeks. We got we gotta talk about Bob Kraft. Robert Kraft pleaded not guilty to uh, basically sex trafficking down in Miami. We 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 fought, we're slowly getting details from this flow. How intriguing is this story to you? Well, it's just absolutely out of control because all the details. It's obviously incredibly sordid. Now, it is important to note a distinction. This place he was going to, this I guess prostitution den, if you will. They're, I believe, the ones that are. Uh, alleged to potentially be engaging in sex trafficking, not Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft is being charged with solicitation of prostitution, which is still a crime, no matter what some Patriots fans tell you. But in the letter of the law, that's absolutely a crime. Now, Robert Kraft is not married. He's got a very attractive young girlfriend. So as to Mm. why he's clowning around and, you know, down in South Florida with uh, prostitutes, I don't understand. But it's a very wild story. It's a developing story. Uh, we we, we get, seem to get new details every day just about because it's just so wild and because it's sex and because it's a patriot and it's yeah. <laughs> a Super Bowl chance. Like, all of this is coming together and just giving us this just sordid, just beautiful mess of a story. It's yeah, like you said, it's. I think it's because it's the Patriots. Anyway, Bob Kraft is Bob Kraft is viewed as as sort of one of the pious owners, but but with like a really interesting like shady past because you know the, he was he's the owner of the Patriots during the Deflate Gate and Goodell hates him with the burning passion. They're they're always the constant winners. What does the NFL? What what actions does the NFL take with this? Do they basically hold him because we know we've seen the NFL be lenient with some owners. Not so lenient on others. Where would where does Robert? What is the Robert Kraft? Where does this road? Where does this road lead us? 
Well, ultimately, the NFL's in a funky position because they can technically find and discipline him. You'll recall Jim Ursay, mm. uh, the mercurial, to say the least, yep. owner of the Indianapolis Patriots. He got busted for DUI and drug possession, and I believe he was suspended or fined or something. He was penalized to some degree, so owners can be penalized. But also, you know, this is a, a new product and a new situation. It's still developing. Yeah, Ursay was fined six games, uh, suspended, excuse me, six games and five, fined 500K. So we'll see, obviously, what will happen. Uh, that was also after he pleaded guilty, and that was months after he had gotten arrested. So I think the league is obviously going to let this play out. It's a tricky situation. Uh, see how the story develops and see where we go from here. But I don't expect you're going to see a lot of him in public in recent weeks and months. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and, weird, and weirdly timing it worked out because it's so early in the, in the sort of NFL calendar. Even I think when 1st of March is when the free agents and whatnot that's what, like the that's when like the calendar turns over. We, we fans mostly know that through uh, through Johnny Manziel getting released by the Browns. More on him later. But it, it it's be interesting if if this gets wrapped up quickly or if we still don't know things by the summer. Because if this draws out to when training camp starts, it's it's going to be nonstop. <laughs> You know, and we've seen when stuff like that happens during the season. And we just talked last week about two clowns from Pittsburgh that did that did this sort of song, this song and dance of acting a fool. Um, exactly, I was very intrigued because it's like it's like perfect. It's a perfect storm of everything we've touched on of who they are, who he is, what happened, the the, the sign of the times, and what that means in the in the social standpoint of society. So it it is interesting. Yeah, t- shout out to all my shout out to all the Patriots fans out there. Um, unbelievable. Uh, so we'll we'll definitely have more NFL uh, in the second half of the show. But big big news, big money news. Bryce Harper going to the Phillies. Um, I uh, forever hate him now for uh, going to the same division as the Washington Nationals. We. I mean, I, I wouldn't even say I'm a Nationals fan. My allegiance is baseball probably sides with the Cubs, if that. Only just because my dad is so obsessed with them because his family is from Chicago. So I, I inherit it by blood. But, but, like, but the Nationals, the Nats, the Nationals, they were my inherited baseball team when I was in D.C. because when I first got there, I'm the same age as Bryce Harper. I realized that today. He had just been, he had just signed and he was making, I remember I went to, my freshman year, I went to opening day to see his first game. And um, the buzz from, from the Nats that were in the, in the late 2000s, where they were just a joke, they were just the expansion team from Montreal. Then when I went to school and even a couple of years after, they were you know World Series threats, winning the division. At a time when it was, it was a pretty tough division and the Mets were, were good for, their, for the hot second. Uh, the yeah. Atlanta Braves have had good teams. Now he goes to Philly, and this is is we we, we talked about this before with 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 athletes wanting big contracts. But he's making he's making a rod money. 
Is, is Bryce Harper 13 years, 300 plus million dollars? Is he worth it? Is that worth it? I, yeah. I would argue he's worth it. He is an elite power hitter. Uh, he has had some, you know, he wasn't great last year, but he's still very young. I mean, because he came and broke into the league. Dude is still only 26 years old, and he's been in the league, what, seven years now? Which is insane. So he still has a lot. He's not even in his prime yet. So he's yeah. a spectacular player. Um, you knew he was going to get big money. I would argue he's worth it. It is fascinating that he's going to a division rival, but the Phillies, for a lot of people, are considered the favorites all along. The Yankees never really got involved. The Cubs really never got involved. Dodgers, a lot of the big market, big-time teams were not really in the mix. Nationals always hung around. I kind of was thinking, but it was just pulling out of my ass, clearly. The Nationals yeah. were more of a player than they really were, it seemed like. But the Phillies were always, you know, a top contender because even though they faded badly at the end of the season, actually finished worse than the Nationals. They have a mm. lot of young talent on the team, young pitching. Uh, they're they're they got an, uh, a bright future even before bringing in Bryce Harper. Now you look at this team and a division that's now seen some shakeups. Uh, they're now absolutely not only the favorite in the division, but they're uh, a, le- uh, a legitimate contender uh, in the National League uh, going forward. That's the thing is, yeah, their div- division is, is now all of a sudden wide open. Um, you have a manager in his second year. You have a guy who flirted with the Cy Young in NOLA. And... Yeah, do you think the thing with Bryce Harper, I don't think, I don't think anyone is worth that much money. I say, I've said in the NFL, said in the NFL all the time. I say it in basketball all the time. You, the guys that get that uh, do these holdouts, not holdouts, but just wait and want the big contract, they always have an awful year. I look at you know Odell Beckham's a prime example. Um, Albert Pujols is another one when he went to the the Angels. Uh, I mean, a million basketball players. Who am I kidding? So, <laughs> Bryce Harper is gonna he's gonna add to that list. They're gonna struggle. He's gonna get booed everywhere he goes. One because people just hate him already. Now people have now, now the thing is now people have a reason to hate. I think once you give the fans and other teams a reason like that, it makes it worse. So, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, first of all, he's he he burned the bridges with the Nationals, so I knew he wasn't gonna come back. And at that point, I didn't care if he went signed. It's amazing he went even further into spring training. You know, because you said, you said last week that Machado is, 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 definitely, is definitely the guy to have. But Bryce Harper in Philly, that's, that's a ruthless town. You know, D.C. sports fans, you know, they're, they're just, you know, we're just scum. But we're, we're lovable. <laughs> Philly, if you act like Bryce Harper does and you do bad in Philly, they're going to hate you forever. So... Unwilling that whatever happens happens. Um, and also, also notable. Speaking of baseball news, shout out to you, Flo, and your team. Are you sad that CC ba- hey. Sabathia is going to retire at the end of the year? Uh, I mean, I am. I mean, yes and no. No, selfishly because it is clear he, he you know, he's past his prime. Um, 
And uh, he, he was inconsistent last year. There were times he looked really good, times where he didn't. But, you know, he's been part of the Yankees for a long time. It's now a decade since he came in. And, you know, he broke in 2009. The Yankees threw a lot of money at him. He was the top pitcher on the market. Uh, you know, he had won a Cy Young. Uh, and that obviously was the year where the Yankees won the World Series. So, And he's been, you know, just a total horse. Uh, for really throughout his career, like going back to when he debuted in 2001 for Cleveland, uh, just a tremendous pitcher, a gamer, almost kind of old school, especially toward the uh, the end, uh, middle and end of his career. But he will go down as a great Yankee, and uh, I think he's got a good legacy, even when he had the, uh, admitted the issues with alcohol, when he's had some other issues. Uh, he was always a fan. Uh, he always was uh, had the support of the Yankee fan base. And uh, we will miss him when he uh, when he does retire. Maybe not as much if he's awful this season. <laughs> yeah, I know he's thirty eight. It seems like he's been pitching for like twenty years, which is fantastic. Which it is. It almost has, it almost has been twenty years. So shout out to CC Sabathia. You will be missed. Pride of Vallejo. We love Vallejo. Same birthplace as a uh, Jeff Gordon, now NASCAR Hall of Famer. Um, so yeah, did, you watch, did you watch that documentary, the Earnhardt Gordon documentary, FS1, like two weeks ago? You know, I meant to watch it, but I, I was not able to I was not able to, get, uh, to check it out. I got to be able to check it out, though. I hope you watched it. I did not, because I knew uh, it was going to be on, because it was, after, it was right after the, the clash or whatever, or that nonsense of a race that was. Um and the clash went because the clash finished up early. I think it finished up early, and maybe it was after the duels. One of the two. It was the duels because it was a weeknight. Weirdly on a weeknight. It should have been a weekend, by the way. And it was at ten. And I think by that time, that's one thing I've learned living on the reliving on the East Coast is you you are so drained. I think things that I could watch. That even where like, we're pushing like nine o'clock on the in, in Central Time, like you have to, you, it, it's 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 like a grind to stay awake. And I thought I'm I'm not gonna watch it now because I'm, I'm way too tired. And this is something that I have to have my full attention to, considering this sure. this time frame was such a huge part of our youth. So and then of course thumbs down to the Fox Go app for Fox Sports. They don't even have it. At least ESPN, you get the ability to watch. Some of the some thirty for thirties when they come out, like the god awful Deion Sanders one, um, or the Love and Basketball series, great series. I recommend everyone watch it on ESPN if you can. Uh, Fox doesn't have any of the documentary stuff. Maybe because Fox doesn't do documentaries, but yeah, I'm have to like you know illegally watch it online, which is great. You know, it's also like Fox's greatest video they've ever made, and and like no one has access to it. I'm like, come on, this this cannot be a one-time, one-stop shop thing. But yeah, no, I have not, I have not watched it. Uh, need to though. Um, yeah, CC, six, six-time All-Star, has a ring, has a Scion, has an MVP. He did it all, man. He was, he, yeah, he was, he was a workhorse. Uh, and I don't think people give him enough credit. That it's amazing that he got better. He it was, he was good. He was good with the, uh, the Indians. He was good with the Yankees, had the trail off, but he's also one of those guys that was very good at, at an old age. And we see it, we've seen it a lot now with like Max Scherzer. 
that and Verlander, it's like the Brady effect. How guys could potentially get better with old age. It's it's fantastic to watch. He's definitely one of my he's definitely one of my favorite pitchers. He was also around that same era, like the Dontrell Willis era, where like these mm. Matt and um and my boy Jabba Chamberlain as well. Like all those like crazy pitchers that were good, but then like when they had a bad night, you were the first to hear about it. He will be missed. Uh, so quick basketball. Level level actually level around ball round ball rock. Not on Fox Sports One though, which I I will we'll get to that in a moment. Uh the Lakers. Uh we <laughs> the All Star break has come and gone and the Lakers are about what it's twenty games, sixteen games away. Twenty games away from their destiny with in the playoffs or not in the playoffs. Um LeBron James says he's quote at, is uh is activated in playoff mode. And they still lose games, which is laughable. Are the Lakers doomed, or is it because of LeBron James, they still can make the playoffs? They still can make the playoffs because of LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James, even after coming off the the big injury, the first real serious injury of his career that sidelined him for a legitimate stretch, you know, you look at the standings, they still are only – Three games of blood. You know, you got to give, you know, I like to make fun of Doc Rivers because he's really been a terrible, was a terrible GM. But this team, even, you know, after trading everybody, basically, still is in playoff contention. Uh, Same record as the LA Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, excuse me. Uh, But the Spurs have the tiebreaker in seventh ahead of the Clippers in eighth. And then you got Sacramento, two back. LA three back. I don't think you can rule LA out. Um, I think that because exclusively, really exclusively because of LeBron, you really can't count on anybody on this team, but you still have LeBron uh, and they're still in the mix. Now, do we think they're going to do anything even if they make the playoffs? No. I mean, they may make it interesting against the Warriors because they're the, you know, LeBron's old rival, but can they make the playoffs? Absolutely, but they're pretty they're pretty limited in what they can do with this roster as currently constructed. I think I think the best is I know I normally don't like to you know pat myself on the back, but I will this time because I said I said on this show for the All Star break um, they have to win they have to win the, the the winnable games against the teams they should. And like right out, of, and then right out of the gate, they beat the Rockets. Where I was like, I said, the, you know, they'll play up to the the big teams on national television. And I think like right after that, they lost to the Pelicans. I thought that is fantastic because that is exactly what I said they should not do. And now they look like idiots. <laughs> I think they will make the playoffs because Sacramento is a joke, and the Clippers will probably blow it in the end. Um, but I really hope they don't, just because I want to see what happens with the city of LA and LeBron James, if they do not make the playoffs um, side note for the NBA though, shout out to the nuggets back in the hunt for the one seed, only a half game behind the warriors who, uh, who lost in the most laughable way last night to the, uh, to the Miami. Um, and of course, before we get to, uh, to more sports on the flip side of the show, we definitely, it wouldn't, it would not be at fanatic radio without the adventures of DC and big news. You, um, we had a lot. Michael, Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen was in the house. Trump, oh, Trump summit, the Trump summit. 
uh, another exciting another exciting week. What's what's the I guess what's the more bizarre story that we should should we take the Cohen testimony seriously going forward with uh, you know the forever the yeah. dissecting of uh, President Trump? Yeah, I think we should because yeah, Cohen is a totally unscrupulous and not a particularly reliable individual or a particularly strong witness even for an American university grad, which he is. But the key thing is that he was such a long time and such a close confidant of President Trump. So, you know, the Trump folks can say, ah, well, you know, he's a bad guy, he's a scumbag, all this, but he was your scumbag and your bad guy. And he was alongside for a lot of crap. So, no, I don't think we should rule, rule it out. You know, it's crazy that, you know, at a time when we have the president meeting with the dictator of North Korea, and that's not the craziest story out there. And it's right. not, A, because that meeting did happen a year uh, last summer. Now, this, I mean, that meeting wasn't really, in, in retrospect, any fruitful either. But this, like, ended early. Because it was, you know, not to be clearly whatever it was, and but then he had this Cohen hearing, which was just so fascinating and riveting and wild and bizarre. But that, you know, I could use all those adjectives to describe basically everything and everything else going on in Washington D.C. right now. It's just, it is a crazy, crazy town. Yeah, and Bryce Harper left, so city's going up in flames. What? I thought it was there, there's a great there was a great photo. See, I that's the thing is I was actually I, I, I telling my I think I was telling my brother this the other night that I think because we've been so busy at work and now the NASCAR season started and pretty much every other racing season has started. It's been so it's been occupying my time so much that and of course college basketball is in full swing. College basketball is in the road to March, which always is uh, makes me happy. I haven't even focused on anything on the political side. And all of a sudden, yeah, when, when I, you know, when I put, when I put the, when I put the car in park, I see all this happening and I'm like, my God, I missed everything. But there's this great photo I saw today. It was, it was Trump at the podium in Hanoi and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, it just has his like, he has, it's funny because he's like, he's got, I'm pretty sure he's like wiping sweat from his forehead, but we love those like well-timed photos. This is definitely that. It's like, it's like, it's like Trump, like Trump's talking at the podium and Pompeo has just got like his head on his face. And it's just, it's, 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 it's a meme waiting to happen. Not as good though, as one of the greatest photos in the modern day when president, Ob- when then president Obama invited uh, president Clinton to speak on something. And yes. He and he and, and the image is Obama. Obama's wiping something from his face, like scratching his forehead, and Clinton's standing there with like this goofball clown look, and the internet just erupted. You know, like and, and that was right on the coattails of when the Secret Service guys got busted in, uh, you know, for, for hiring strippers in South America. So one of so one of the having the escort service. So like one of them was like Clinton was like, Where are my strippers at? So like that. Like those photos are fantastic and we still and we salute the photographers of the press corps. Because you guys are the American heroes. We're heroes. Right. We're Americans. And we're heroes. We're not American heroes. So 
So we'll have more. We'll have fan mail. We'll talk more of um, what we got up to. Stay with us. This is FNAC Radio. We're the Millennial Show. More after this. BlockTalkRadio.com. It's FNATIC Radio. Totes, malotes, dog. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. FNATIC Radio on Block Talk Radio. Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. From birthdays to get well days, there's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. Millions of businesses count on Fiverr every day to get things done faster, better, and on budget. Fiverr.com is the world's largest marketplace for the professional and creative services you need to give your business a boost. Best of all, every service on Fiverr starts at just $5. Go to Fiverr.com now and discover how easy it is to find the exact service you need at the price you want. No bidding, no membership fees. Just browse, buy, done. Sign up today for free at Fiverr.com. Radio. You know, listen, lose the number, please. It's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's colors. Fanatic Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Back here on Fanatic Radio, we have the Millennial Show. My partner Ben Florence. As always, you can listen to what we talked about. We talked about Robert Kraft. We talked about the Yankees. Bryce Harper. Bill Cohen. Uh, you can talk uh, everything. All and this show. Another great podcast and episodes we've had, award-winning, uh, always uh, on the on the podcast page on iTunes, People 360 our Facebook, uh, social pipes, blogtalkradio.com. Uh, how was your How was your week? Other than you know, the political cluster that was, how was your weekend? How was everything since last time we last time we uh, we uh, were on the show? Well, it's been so great it's just you know i've only been at work this week not counting sunday but even if you want to count sunday it's been a very crazy week for the three days i've worked sunday you've got kind of the the beginnings of the uh preparations for the north korea summit in uh hanoi vietnam which i actually forgot was happening yeah i see that that's the crazy thing about the news cycle these days, and really the age of Trump, because it'll be, you know, Friday. Now, Friday for me is Wednesday, but still, it'll be Friday, and then you'll talk about things that happened on Monday and be like, wait, that was four days ago? I thought that was like two weeks ago. So we've completely lost our sense of time, and if we don't have sense of time, I don't know how we can even function as humans. So it's just been so crazy. It's so busy. I, you know, I wish the news could have like what you guys have. You have the off season, you have the, Mm. the, you know, when the track is closed and then you have your time with it, you know, weather gets warm and the track opens up and this and that, and you know, all this uh, fun stuff. We don't get that. And I'm almost (laughs) envious. Yeah. I've, I've come to, I've come to find out that it's, I think I think because we're so great that it never stops with us. So what other tracks do, like the, the lesser of the ovals, when, when NASCAR is the only event they have, they are bored. And what some what we do, that other tracks don't, 
is we when we have our renewal pricing and our tickets, we do it all at once. Every event, every event is sort of treated the same, and we and that's like what we do, like straight out of the gate, uh, Thanksgiving to Christmas, and then we go on sale like right after the New Year, and then anything else we add is just icing on the cake. Other tracks with they'll they'll do theirs, they'll re, they'll have renewals and whatnot for their events on a rolling basis, which which keeps enthusiasm you know through the year. But yeah, we are like I figured out like our off season, we're kind of at a lull now. Which is which is good, you know. I say that, and then, you know, Mar- it's freaking it's March first tomorrow. By the way, for those of you listening today, tonight, hello yeah. listeners, hello friends. Um, the, the the equinox is on its way, which I'm excited because I'm sick of the snow, I'm sick of the weather. My thing is, go, I, what I've, living up here, what I've learned is it is it is there's it's just a, it's a hundred percent climate change. There's no such thing as global warming. It's only climate change. Because global warming, you'd assume, is, the, is everything is getting hotter, not colder. Like, not snow. Like, like it'll be hot 100% all around, not just, like, brutal summers and harsh winters. So, I don't understand. If, if anyone's a meteorologist, please write to us. At my gar- Here goes Mike Gardner again, complaining about the weather, FNAC Radio, wherever we are. Sure. Um. But yeah, but it's the climate is changing, but the world, but the world, the, the the globe is not getting hotter. It's only parts of the globe that are getting hotter. So it should be, it should be partial global warming, because New York, it ain't it ain't hot here. I'm checking I'm checking the phone right now. It is officially. Are we in the teens, ladies and gentlemen? Survey says yes. We are 19 degrees. I don't know about you, but that's not warm. Uh, no, my week was good. It was um, as mentioned. I was at the Duke Syracuse game Saturday night. I was an I was an adventure, and it's hat and a half. If you, if you want, first of all, I do apologize to anyone who actually sat and listened through to the my, to my post game show. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> not my best my best some of my best work and some not my best work because I was I was very t- I was very tired I was exhausted um, driving on poorly lit on poorly lit roads. For thirty, you know, for an hour, until I at least got to Ithaca, and then I had to drive thirty more minutes back home. Um, I think what the cause of it was was I had once I had one too many one too many drinks with a coworker before. And of course, when you drink alcohol, it's a de- it's a natural depressant. So I was already like yawning on my way to Syracuse. That in the game. It was originally a noon start. It got moved back to six. Zion wasn't there. Bayheim was fresh off killing a guy. So so much hype was surrounding that game that I was just all the adrenaline. I was just emotionally just spent. Um. Yeah, actually I actually had to buy. I actually had to stop at a gas station in Ithaca buy a Red Bull to help me on the on the ride home. So yeah, I was doing a lot of rambling. I repeated myself a lot. Uh, got some laughs though, uh, as as some as some 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 of my friends messaged me. I was surprised they were actually listening. I had a great time though. I will do it again in a heartbeat. I definitely want to go now. Go see a football. I want to go see a football game there in the Carrier Dome. Mm. I'm super ecstatic because the defending national champions, Trevor Lawrence, Dallas Sweeney, they come to Syracuse next year. I will be at that game through hell or high water. So. 
it was fun. I recommend anyone. I recommend college basketball fans make make a little a little a little uh, journey to the Carrier Dome. Great place. I was part of the largest on-campus basketball crowd ever. I think the best part about that was Nissan. It's funny, Nissan. You know, my old employer. They um, they had this they had this guy with his camera. It was in midcourt during one of the media timeouts, and they took a 360 photo and gave me a link. When you text you text the number, you get a link. I got a link and I found myself and I'm so mad. I I, I gotta post I gotta post the picture. I post the picture online. Um, if you and if you if, if any of you follow me on an Instagram, I posted it there too. Um, I was so mad because I, I wanted to smile, but the guy who took the photos they started on my section, like my sort of like quadrant of the of the dome. So I didn't know when he was starting. So before I knew it, it was too late. Uh, but the place was the place was bumping. Thirty-five thousand plus. Gronk was there, and his and his crew. Uh, it was like the day after. It was like two days after. Bayheim, you know, killed a man on six ninety. So like when he walked out, the place went nuts. Uh, no Zion. It's like the whole lead up. As I said last week, the whole lead up was just crazy. The game itself was great. Hughes had the lead the entire game until yeah about. Well, due to the lead at 17 minutes left in the second half, but then there was that there was that great stretch where R.J. Barrett hits a three, and then it was like a steal, a A.J. O'Connell dunk, a camera to steal, a dunk, and then an alley oop, and also it's a nine point game, and that's why we love the Qs. They live and die by the three. They live and die by the two three zone. K cooked it up something special, and then they go and lose to Virginia Tech. Makes me so mad. And actually, now before we get to fan mail, that's actually my question. We have no idea the timetable of Zion Williamson, and so far they have. There's so far they're they're one and two without him. Does this make you know with with him without him sitting down? Does this make you less happy? This is making you less confident that Duke could not not just not just win the not just Go, win the national championship, but even make the final four? Um, A little yes, but not fully. I think we also, I think we look at these two losses and we think, oh, well, you know, they're uh, an issue, they're a problem. But there are a couple things to note. Losing at home and in such a convincing fashion against North Carolina, not convinced that having Zion there would have helped, and North Carolina is, A, not only a really good team, they played terrifically. And yes. they're looking, they've been playing very well of late. Then they're going to Virginia Tech, a really good team that wanted a kind of uh, a big statement victory. Buzz Williams, one of the great coaches. Hmm. And tough road environment, rowdy crowd, and which ultimately they tried to storm. Uh, they, I think they, they eventually did storm the court. And everyone's like, dude, you're ranked. Like, yeah. <laughs> But, ranked on ranked. So it, it's very possible that, you know, it's easy to think, well, you know, they only lost by X amount of points, and, you know, you get Zion in there, and they would have won because they just had that point. That's not how sports works. So <laughs> I think we need a little more time to, discern, to determine, A, when Zion Williamson can come back and play if he does, and, B, how good this team is without him. R.J. Barrett, you know, I saw a very uh, convincing uh, ar- argument I've seen that 
he's the real MVP of the team, even though Zion Williamson is obviously going to win player of the year because R.J. Barrett has been terrific this season, and he's played really well in recent games, though he didn't look great against uh, North Carolina. So I think we need to go – we need to wrap up conference play. We need to go through the ACC tournament to really see how good this Duke team, if they are without Zion Williamson for such a long period of time, before we automatically knock them out and not in this in the second or sweet sixteen round, I think yeah. Because so shout out to Buzz Williams because the, the Vatek is good. Kerry Blackshear is going to be first team All ACC or should be. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's always tough to win on the road because Duke Duke's looking ahead. They got they got Carolina like soon. I think this weekend actually, which people don't understand. How they just played him a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, there because Vatek Vatek is fourth in the ACC. Oh, behind you know like the number one team in the country, the number four team in the country, and the number like eight team in the country. So the Virginia Tech is a good team. Dangerous dark horse to do damage to the NCAA tournament, by the way. Um, North Carolina is their hated rival, and they were trailing Syracuse. Before the, the entire first half, they only scored 29 points that game I went to. It does make me concerned because even even if Zion Williamson is playing, what if he gets into foul trouble? You know, teams are slowly exploiting their weaknesses, and it's not going to look pretty. I think Duke's not going to win the ACC tournament. They're going to get bounced out. They're going to get like a two seed, and they they are going to struggle against some team in the tournament. I don't know who, and I don't know what round, but they will struggle. It will not be a cakewalk like the Jalil Oka 14. Um, we got to get, for all Duke fans, for Tyler Tomei especially, he like texted me the other day, he's like, we got to get Zion back. I was like, dude, you're preaching to the fire. One, because he's just awesome to watch. And two, you really, you really gain an appreciation of, of how good he is. But Duke's not going to, I don't think, I think my, my, I said the other night when they beat Syracuse, they would make the Final Four. I'm on the fence on that now. Because even with him in the tournament, they were one of the worst teams in the country at three-point shooting. More so when I, other than A.J. O'Connell going off for 20 points, R.J. Barrett for career-high 30, they are not a good three-point shooting team. And they're going to face a team that is very athletic and is going to have a hot shooting night. And Duke is not going to be able to recover. A great example was the year they lost to South Carolina. I want to say that was the Sweet 16. Awful South Carolina team. But was just motivated enough and hit just the right amount of shots that a well-disciplined Duke with a Grayson Allen couldn't, you know, couldn't like bounce back or, or couldn't contain. Because they just try to go toe-for-toe. Toe. Oh, by the way, they're still down by like six points. Duke is going to face that team. They've also, but they've proven to me that they're better than the Grayson Allen team. Uh, because they have multiple stars, not like the years they had like Jabari Parker and they lost a freaking Mercer in the first round, or um, or the Kyrie Irving year when they lost in the Sweet 16 to Derek Williams in Arizona, an Arizona team that did not make the Final Four by the way. So what a waste! And then the Kyrie yeah. Irving experiment when he didn't play like a single game and that was like his first game in the tournament. So chemistry was all <laughs> off. This Duke team, this Duke team, while crappy shooting and starless without their best player. Is um, they're still good, but not so much to win the national championship now. That's still up in the air, and and uh, and teetering on the depending on how they do against North Carolina in the Dean Dome and ACC tournament, teetering on Final Four. 
My my opinion in the span of less than a week has been swayed by three games that Duke has played. Shout out to R.J. Barrett though. What makes him good is they're a good they're a good college players. You know, like they're they're a good shooter or they hit like the crazy shot. Um, but then they don't pan out. They don't pan out to be good NBA players or they just go to the G League or in Europe. R.J. Barrett is one of the best players that I have seen in college. Now, I can still. Someone actually asked me that question during, um, during the fan during the fans during the people's show, the post game show, and I never answered. It. I felt bad when they asked. I got. I think I was so emotionally high. I was just so. I still like you know, physically high as well. Maybe high on life. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, my Mount sort of Mount Rushmore best college athlete players. I will say to this day. It uh, is Derrick Rose. When I saw him play at Memphis, they destroyed SMU. Because I was in Memphis and SMU in Conference USA for that hot second. Um, I mean, then it, then it gets kind of interesting. I mean, I saw Kelly Olynyk and Kyle Wiltshire play at Gonzaga. Uh, PJ, I realized that PJ Tucker, who's still in the NBA, God only knows how. I saw him play at Texas. Like I said, these are great college basketball players. So, I don't know. Derek Rose is up there. R.J. Barrett's up there. It ties. Uh, R.J. Barrett's 30 points ties the, the, fourth most amount of, the fourth most amount of points I've ever seen. Obviously, number one is obviously the for, uh, MVP, defending MVP James Harden when he dropped mm-hmm. a then-career-high 51 against the Lakers and still lost. I saw that with my brother. Second was Andre Dawkins, former Duke standout, who scored 45 for the uh, the Sioux City Sky Force in the D League against my against my beloved Texas Legends, and then R.J. Barrett's 30 ties uh, the great the great C.J. McCollum, who I watched single handedly score 30 points, nearly half the team's points, and defeat the American University. So, yeah, that that's Duke. Duke goes because. I always, th- I still, I still always think R.J. Barrett is a ball hog, and I will stand by that. So I'm blue in the face. Um, if that mm. stuff like that is, is going to come back to bite them, especially in the NCAA tournament, yeah, they can't, they can't even make threes. They're screwed. But we go to fan mail. We love fan mail. Thank you, and again, thank you yeah. for partici- participating um, in the live, sh- in, the, in the in the live show, in the post game show. Um, I pl- again, I apologize. I apologize for the rambling. Apologize for the rambling and like the silence. Don't text and drive. That's what I was doing. Um, it also sucked because, like, the, again, again, because the weather was weather was such crap. It was like that light drizzle, but because it was so cold, I didn't know if it was gonna be like freezing rain. And it was like that for yeah about thirty minutes. But um, but we but yeah that 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 was my recap. Le- electric atmosphere in the dome. We'll do it again. I want to go to more events. I want to go see like lacrosse. I want to go see football. I want to see what it looks like when it is packed. Maybe Notre Dame comes to town. Of course. I wanted to see this past year's Notre Dame team, but this idiots decided to go to the Yankee Stadium, and and that and that's a that's a loss for everyone because Yankee Stadium is a baseball park, not a football stadium. Yeah. All right. Um, fan, fan, fan mail, basketball. This was a big topic um, on the Bill Simmons podcast. But what do you what do you make of of the rumors with Dolan selling the Knicks and should he? And would you buy the Knicks flow? Um, well, the, you know, we always hear rumors like this, and he was, like, soliciting, uh, apparently that he was soliciting offers, and the team shot that down. My response to that is, 
Of course he's going to solicit offers. Any owner should solicit offers for their respective teams. Uh, you know, we're really irregardless because if somebody throws a crazy offer at you for whatever, you got to at least think about it. You could reject it, but to say, like, oh, you know, we're not for sale. Like, somebody could be like, hey, you know, I want to give you $30 million to buy the New England Patriots. You think that Robert Kraft is not going to be like, uh, thirty? Excuse me, thirty billion dollars. <laughs> Obviously, it's an insane number. But if somebody, if like you know, Bill Gates was like said that to uh, um, to uh, Robert Kraft, what have you? I think Robert Kraft would be like, hmm, okay. Um, <laughs> not that obviously that that would happen, but. So I don't didn't necessarily see it as a huge deal. Of course, you get some Knicks fans that were like. Ah, well, we want this because Dolan is awful, but I don't, I ultimately, I don't see it happening uh, because, you know, especially now because, or really anytime soon, because even though the team probably is obviously has a tremendous value because they play in New York, they're still a big market team. They're playing an iconic venue. They they Mm. have a tremendous fan base, even with all the bullshit and that they put their fans through. Still, like they're still filling the building, so I don't. Yeah, I don't see them selling anytime soon. I think that it was one of those things to where, yeah, of course he's going to tell people like, hey, you know, if you're interested, sure. But um, would I buy them? You know, I think investing in a sports team is one of those things to where it's one of those things to where it's not hard. I don't want to say it's not hard, but it's really easy to mess up. But people mess up because they're way too hands-on and they don't know what they're doing and they don't understand sports and they hire goofballs. <laughs> if I had the kind of cash to buy a sports team, I would love to. Uh, it would not be the New York Knicks because I hate the Knicks. But uh, <laughs> if I had that kind of currency and was able to buy an NBA franchise, sure, I think that'd be great. Pull a Mark Cuban, just be a maniac on the I was gonna say, how would you, how would Flo the owner behave? Would he be business like Bob Kraft and uh, and Stan Kroenke, or like Steve Ballmer just yelling on the sidelines? I think I would be like, you know, you've seen me at eight, at American University sporting events. I'm a genuinely crazy person and a psycho, <laughs> so I think I and I'm loud and you know I like to have a good time. So I think by default I'd be more on the Ballmer spectrum than. Um, you know, the more reserved types that sit in the box and uh, kind of like, eh, we scored. Okay. So that would not be uh, owner flow. So I think it would be more, I love the Balmer comparison because I think that fits even though I wish I had that. Oh, man. That's fantastic. Yeah, I would buy the Knicks in a heartbeat. Um, Just I mean, them in L.A., you know, and the Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of the Dallas, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Witten is coming out of retirement. Too humbled by Monday Night Football, or do you think he can still actually play, legitimately play? Well, it's one of those things to where I think he still wanted to play, play, but he got probably got a tremendous deal from ESPN. Apparently, had unbelievably, he had some tryout that allegedly was spectacular. So they hired him, threw a good amount of money at him. But I think this is a case that he missed the game, and obviously he loves the Cowboys and they love him. And I think he probably thought that, listen, I think I can still go. He still looks to be in good shape. He's not that old. I mean, he's only 
I want to say, let's take a look. Jason Witten is, I mean, he's 36. He's going to turn 37 in May. So he's kind of old, but he was still playing great. Um, and so, and, and of course, I'm sure he knew that, obviously, he was atrocious on Monday Night Football. We all know that. It doesn't take an expert to figure that out. So, yeah, I mean, it totally came out of left field. There was no – didn't seem to be any indication that this could, was a possibility. But if he thinks he can still go, and clearly they're willing to have him, God bless him. And, again, getting him out of the Monday Night Football booth is is a <laughs> is addition by subtraction. Our, our prayers have been answered because he was awful. Because I don't watch Monday Night Football at, at, at all because the games were awful this year. I think, I think the only ones I watched was the very first one because I work with a Detroit Lions fan and a New York Jets fan. And then I watched uh, the Chiefs anytime they were on Monday Night Football, which I think was only once, maybe twice. Yeah, he still has, I think he still has about two, two three years. Because the beauty with him is the Cowboys have some solid tight ends now. So he doesn't have to have the, 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 the grunt of the work. Um, he, he, join, he joins an already decent offensive line with an already good running back, which he only got to play with for a year when Ezekiel was a rookie. And Witten, what made Witten great was he, was he was one of the best third down tight ends like I had ever seen. Always reliable, always would come through his dad Prescott's go-to, a Tony Ramos go-to. Now you bring him in limited snaps, you know, because you don't want him getting hurt. He'll, he'll do the occasional run block, but then now you got you got Mr. Consistency. So I'm, I'm happy he's back. I'm, it's I still like I said I'm with you. I still don't know how he got the ESPN job. It, 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 it's a lesson to be it's a lesson to be learned. Of course, ESPN has so many mistakes. You know, they're like they're like the they're like the they're like the villains from like Rocky and Bullwinkle. They just they just laugh. <laughs> Like they're just laughable, and you know, like something's gonna go wrong. It's it's, it's like always something worse. They're like like the coyote from Looney Tunes. You know something's gonna go wrong, but they do it anyway. So mm-hmm. like, like, it's like Joe Testator is 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 awful. Witten was bad. Yep. You know he pulled the what was what was his saying? Witten saying this year he pulled something. He pulled like he pulled like a rabbit out of his head. I mean it's like come on man. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is you get these former players that just they don't they don't do it. You know, Jason Wood probably did not go to Tennessee and, and study in, in communications or broadcasting. But yet to think he's qualified for the booth is is beyond me. So yeah. Thumbs up to the Cowboys seeing to getting him back. I'm trying to actually like they welcomed him back. Of course knowing Jerry Jones, he he's doing he do anything. He bought he bought a yacht that with a pool and a helicopter. So clearly there's other things on his mind. Speaking of football, the fans on no flow. We've been really quiet on this, on this topic. Have you? Um, are you? Are you? Are you still? Are you still? Have you? Wa- have you still watched a full game of the uh, the Alliance of American Football? You know what? I have. I watched. I don't know if it was a full game, but pretty darn close to the opening game, and I caught uh, the opening game, which we got was uh, who was it? San Antonio. And uh, who, who, whatever team was coached by Mike March, which was uh, the San Diego Fleet. That was the opening game we saw, and we saw Mike Bercovici just get absolutely lit up. It was the play that uh, everybody was talking about because everybody was like, "Hey, 
So we a guy got absolutely lit up, and that wouldn't happen in the National Football League. So, so say what you will, the quality of play has not been great. Say, for example, the Orlando Apollos, who are <laughs> sitting here at three and zero. They're clearly look like the top team in the league, but highest scoring team in the league by far. They are the team, of course, coached by. Steve Spurrier. So, yeah, really fun to watch. A lot of these other teams have been really bad. The the state caliber of play, not great. Uh, the problem is, you know, the line play, we kind of expect it to be bad. The receiver play has not been good. Christian Hackenberg has been starting every game for the Memphis Express, coached by the great Mike Singletary. And looks has been god awful. No wonder he couldn't even. He was never even active for a game in the NFL. He was a second round pick a couple years ago. Atrocious. So, some of it at least initially was kind of entertaining, but still bad. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been interesting to say the very least. I haven't watched. I'll admit I have not watched a single game. Well, one, I don't get CBS, so dodge a bullet there. I think some games are on Turner, as Ernie Johnson mentioned during the All-Star break. But I only watch TNT for inside the NBA and for uh, and for the NBA on TNT. And some movies. Uh, Smart Guard's got a lot of movie reviews that I'll talk about at the end of the show. But no, I've not watched uh, the Alliance of American Football. I, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. To, I, want, I want to look at the rosters, though, to see if I know some guys. Because uh, I think like Trent Richardson's in it. You mentioned Hackenberg. Uh, I think Brandon Whedon's knocking around on, on one of the teams. But then a lot of them, unless you're a diehard college football fan, which I'm not, I'm, really, I'm definitely fair weather with that. You don't know who half those people are. So I can't, I can't, say, I, I can't right. say I do I, I can't say I do watch it. Uh, final, final football, Nick Foles, where does he end, becomes a free agent in a matter of hours? Where does he end up? Where does his destiny lead him? You know, it's a great question because we look at where potentially he will go because it's, you know, he's been, he's now been uh, had tremendous, excuse me, tremendous late season runs now, two in a row, including a Super Bowl, including a Super Bowl MVP over Tom Brady. So his stock is incredibly high. So there's a lot of rumors about the Jacksonville Jaguars potentially being a favorite. You got a running back in Leonard Fournette who had some issues later in the season uh, Tom Coughlin called him out. Uh, he didn't perform as well, probably because he had a heavy load. Blake Borders was awful in their center. And a defense that has a lot of talented playmakers that were great in 2017, took a step backwards in 2018. But they could really use a, a top-level quarterback, and they seem to be a good fit. Beyond that, it's going to be very interesting to see what other teams do. But if I, if you put a gun to my head right now, I would uh, I would say that the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are the favorite for uh, get a little Foles magic. It's interesting. He's gonna do he's gonna do worse wherever he goes because he had a great Philly team with him. The next team he's gonna go is gonna be significantly bad. It's like the Kaepernick thing. He's gonna go to a bad team and he's gonna struggle. And because we remember Nick Foles, the Nick Foles of old, and he was eh, he was okay, he was decent. It was only when Wentz got hurt and he filled in was when he became, you know, Big Dick Nick. Shout out to, the, shout out to, the, uh, shout out to those fans at Philly. Uh, so he's going to go to a worse team. 
I don't know. I really don't care. It's way too early to talk about football. Um, have, you, have you been following? Have you been following any of the combine? Any intrigue with Kyle, Kyler Murray or anyone? Well, I think what's fascinating with Kyle Murray is that you know we know he's playing football. I believe he made the right decision to, to choose football. And now we look at some of the because you know he is what five nine. He doesn't seem to have particularly big hands, but. Yeah. Uh, somebody pointed out that his size in terms of height, I mean, Russell Wilson, 5'10", Murray, 5'9". Uh, Murray's going to weigh in skinny, but just like Russell Wilson weighed in skinny, but he will be heavier, one would assume, come football season. And his hand size is very comparable to Russell Wilson's hand size as well. So it, it, his combine, Kyle Murray's combine, I think it's going to be very fascinating because he seems to slot in as a first-round pick, but nobody is truly certain as of this uh, point because so much of his draft stock was kind of like, we don't think he's going to play football. But how well he performs, a really, really good, you know, strong combine, tests well, who knows if he'll throw. Uh, he could potentially put himself maybe in the position to be the top quarterback selected. You got a good quarterback class. You got um, – uh, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. You got uh, Jones, the quarterback at a Duke. Uh, a solid quarterback class, but not one with a clear front runner. And thus, that kind of top spot uh, may be right for the taking. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. The sad thing is, I, like I said, it's because I think it's because I don't invest that much in college football anymore. I mean, I do. I do, I do invest in college football. Not the players, though. Because you got those, you got the players. Because I think the NFL overhypes every single rookie, thinking they're going to be the next Hall of Famer, which it's it's very early to tell, because there's so many other uh, bits of the criteria to make you a Hall of Famer or make you a good player. They, they 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 NFL does a very good job of abandoning the guys, abandoning players after like three four years, like if they're not good or or they're giving way too much hype to a guy who's Stinks. I love Baker Mayfield, but he ain't making the playoffs. He ain't winning Super Bowls anytime soon. So stop covering him. You know he's not he's not intriguing to watch because the Browns are not a good team. But there's a prove me wrong is what I say. Um, Christian McCaffrey's the same way. Great player, off off on an awful team with a with a terrible quarterback of a thousand sons. So they just hype everyone else up. Kyle Murray's going to get drafted. Again, he's going to go to a bad team. He's going to stink. He's going to struggle. Everyone's going to wonder what's wrong. Because NFL, it takes so much other moving parts than just a pick. The same basketball. Um, speaking, of, Actually, speaking of that, I mentioned, I mentioned football. I spoke too soon. Johnny Manziel. Apparently, essentially getting banned from this, the CFL. Which makes me mad because I live very close to Canada. And I wanted to go see him play. Now that is done, that is over. Where does he end up next? It's tough to say. If he is basically being run out of uh, the Canadian Football League, I don't know necessarily where he could go next. Maybe the, the, they can give him a shot in the Alliance of American Football. That's possible. Um I don't, you know, the the XFL, the new XFL next year. You would think, oh, that could be an interesting fit, but yeah. for what, for you know, variety.
variety of reasons you can interpret why. Mr. McMahon has said, you, we don't want guys to have character issues or, or problem guys, rap sheets or what have you. So they may be skittish about Johnny Manziel. So if he can't cut it in the uh, Canadian Football League, I don't see much of a future for him really anywhere else. Are you glad his career is finally coming to an end? I mean, not really, because I was really high on him. I obviously overrated him coming out of college. I thought he was going to be good pro. He was obviously a fiasco. And ultimately, he never was able to figure it out. He, you know, I, I would have I thought that um, the um, playing in a wide-open league like Canadian Football League would have worked out great. It obviously did not. So now, who knows what's next for him? I'm glad. I'm glad his career's done. We need to. We need to get rid of him. You know, it's. it's as I said, the, the self-centered egotists of the world. They never. They never prosper. Antonio Brown's a great example. Avon Bell's a great example. Odell Beckham's a great example. Um, if he doesn't make the playoffs, LeBron will be a great example. He's on, you know, making every stupid show when he needs to when he needs to pay attention on his team from collapsing and rain in Lavar Ball. Uh, Johnny Manziel is a long list of players that do that. All right, let's take a break. When we come back. Actually, no, let's do it now. Thumbs up, thumbs down, right now. Let's do it. Huh. It's been a while since we had this team too. It's time for thumbs up, thumbs down. Because we did, we were we were we were we were on the road two straight shows. Last week, last week, actual show, I was uh, en route to uh, um, Big Flats. Oh, yeah, I forgot to, I forgot to mention that. Uh, I'll, I'll, that's, that's a thumbs up. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll add that later. Um, and, of course, it was a lot with the live show on Saturday. It was nice to hear uh, John McEnroe. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to the Mac. We need to go visit him. He's in New York. He's not doing anything. He's just chilling. Sure. Because the, cause the next, grand, next ma- tennis major is until freaking June. Whenever, whenever, whenever Wimbledon is. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, Flo. I'm sure you have a lot of them after, especially after the week you had. Oh sure. Well, just thumbs down to any and all news cycles. I mean, they're just completely out of control. And like I said, losing a sense of time. So that's bad. So I, you know, it's gotten to the point. You know, news. You know, I don't want. I always joke. I don't know. I don't want to have a normal job like you know, banker's hours. You know, I I'm not interested in that. But now, after all this crap, <laughs> you want a normal job. I don't know if I could ever even adjust and actually do a normal job. Now I may be ruined forever. So that's great. But beyond that, thumbs down is going to go to. There's a report from a a Quebec newspaper. I forget what it's called. Oh God. There have been there have been rumors about the Tampa Bay Rays. They continue to struggle to find a new home, to construct a new home in the Tampa Bay region. Clearly, the trap, Tropicana Field is a disaster and not working out at all. <laughs> so there, there have been rumors that, you know, Montreal is very serious and they want to bring a, a team back to Montreal, bring a baseball back to Quebec. Mm. So there's a report that apparently there's an idea that's been pitched. I don't remember by whom. That you can have a team like the uh, the Rays. The pitch is to split 
had played half of their home games in Tampa and half of their home games in Montreal. It'd be like you play the summer in Montreal and like in the colder months in Tampa. And it's, it is truly, first off, should I get uh, very fired up about this? No, because it's not going to be, uh, <laughs> this is never going to happen. But I'm going to get fired up anyways because it is yes. a ridiculous idea. You know, you remember when Montreal in the last years, we knew it was near the end, but they started playing some games in San Jose, which was so bizarre. And, yes, those kids, they got some money out of it. They, you know, sold more tickets in, in, in San Jose in a much smaller stadium than they were at the uh, Olympic Stadium in Montreal. But that was ridiculous. It looked absurd and gave them some abs- crazy travel schedule. So it's an absurd idea. It's obviously never going to happen. Shame on this newspaper even publishing it where I have to get fired up because of crap like this. So thumbs down to that. Also, thumbs down to a Groundhog Day. The Groundhog allegedly was it. He did not see a shadow for who knows yes. the last time that happened. So spring is going to come sooner, but who the hell knows if it actually will. It's still uh, – I don't know when that time begins. <laughs> yeah. I went home sooner rather than later because it's gonna apparently it's gonna snow tomorrow. Pretty yeah, I'm with you on that. So thumbs thumbs down to that. Sometimes you know we gotta get rid of the groundhog. It's an absurd tradition. It makes no sense. Yes, we'll still. That's the thing is we'll get rid we'll get rid of the Boy Scouts, but God forbid, Patuxy Phil still walks this earth freely. Yeah, it it is completely absurd. It makes no sense. And then people take it people I think there are people that actually take it seriously, which is disgraceful. And if you take it seriously, uh, fight me. Send us an email at fanaticradio at gmail dot com and explain why you are a crazy <laughs> person. Okay? So thumbs down to that. Thumbs up to Costco because I was in Costco. I made a, a random visit to Costco. I, I had uh, dinner with a friend down in Pentagon City, and there's a uh, there's a Costco there. And I like to go there sometimes. I like to check out clothes, uh, check, get any small stuff. And it's Metro accessible, unlike you know the uh, basically any other Costco that I'm aware of. <laughs> and so they had. Not only did they have, like, really nice blazers, like, from, like, I don't remember what the brand was, but, like, legitimate blazers. Not, like, goofy, like, hokey stuff, but, like, really nice blazers that they had. Not only that, they actually had a sales lady there for, in their division, I guess, with special offers, that, like, when I was taking a look, and she helped me, like, find the right size, and she gave me, like, full-color descriptions of what I would look good in, and what would be flatter, and what would not. And I was, like, I'm at Costco. Like, this is not supposed to happen <laughs> at Costco, but it does happen at Costco. It's happening at least at the one in Pentagon City. Who knows if anywhere else, and it probably is elsewhere. For That's the crazy thing about Costco. Clothes and stuff cycle in every two or three weeks. So if you blink hmm. and you miss it, then sorry, pal. But apparently it's one of those things where members, and I am a member, I said, you know, we wanted to see some higher-end clothing. And, like, legitimate stuff. And while Costco is probably a lost leader for them, but it's also one of those things where it's like, oh, hey, a blazer for $90? That's really nice. Let's see if it fits and throw it into the car next to all, you know, my massive jugs of milk and my ADA <laughs> and, and the toilet tape, lifetime supply of toilet paper and paper. Yeah. Thumbs up to Costco. 
for keeping customers on their toes and in a good way, and I think we should uh, salute that. That's, that's fantastic. The, 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 unofficial, the unofficial grocer provider of the millennial show, Costco. What do you know about that? Great parody also in the movie Employee of the Month starring uh, the once funny Dane Cook and Dax Shepard. Well, actually, what, what, weirdly one of my favorite movies growing up. Because <laughs> the, 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 the great line is, so their thing was called Super Club. And they were like, we're Super Club. We're buying in bulk is our goddamn right. That was like their tagline. <laughs> That's pretty good. So shout out, shout out to Costco. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you with the groundhog. I'm with you with the weather. We're in the teens. And it gets even worse for me, being a little further up north. This is just the next week forecast. Uh, it's all in the teens, and then we'll get a high of 40 tomorrow. So a relative, a relative mid-winter day, because tomorrow's March, and we'll be about 20-some days away from, from the spring equinox, when scientifically and astronomically, it should be getting warmer. But... Next Monday, of course, I'm seeing uh, three little snowflakes between Friday and Tuesday. So they say there's going to be snow Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday. But then you get to next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where all three days are a high of low 20s and a low of single digits. I don't understand weather. As I mentioned, this is the second time I've said this. I'm not a meteorologist. I don't get it. But I'm pretty sure that's not normal. You know what I mean? I don't. I I wish if if in a perfect world, weather weather should be on a bell curve. Like when it is when it gets cold, it should just get cold, and then it should take a turn. When it start when it starts getting warm, it should forever just be a gradual progression of getting warm. It should not be like the stock market or the Nasdaq where you don't know what it is. I always joke. I joke with my mom all the time. I joke with my family all the time. That I watch the weather. I watch the weather out here, like like the stock market, um, because thumbs down to my landlord who does not sh- who does not do anything with our driveway. She she like she like sometimes she'll she'll sometimes throw some rock salt, but then she just relies heavenly on this guy who comes and does a shitty job of plowing the driveway. So it's always so I have to wear even days where some of the snow is melted. I have to wear I have to bring snow boots to work. Only for that, like, 30-yard hike down my driveway. And that is it. And then I, then everything else is normal. It's just my driveway, and the weather is ridiculous. So thumbs down, to, thumbs down, a big middle finger to Mother Nature. I hate you, <laughs> especially being up here. Uh, thumbs down goes to any original programming, especially on Fox Sports. Because I remember when they were when when Fox Sports One was created, one of their big things was they wanted the show with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, and then they created that other goofy show with uh, with Jason Whitlock and and Colin Coward, your boy. Apparently, so I'm watching college basketball the other day. I think it was like Michigan and someone, Michigan State and someone, and they had a promo with Jason Whitlock and um, who's that annoying guy that used to play with the Cowboys. I was on ESPN. He did sports nation for a while. Uh, Marcellus Wiley. Yes. He's on Fox now and he has replaced coward on his own show. 
So now this now speak for yourself is what it's called. Now that show which originally started with Coward and Whitlock is Whitlock and Marcellus Wiley. So that show did so bad that they didn't even Coward's not even part of the show anymore. It's someone completely new. So you know those shows are awful. We need to we need to get rid of the hot take shows. Stephen yeah. A. Smith was actually at the Syracuse game, by the way. I don't know why. He was just there. He has no he has no affiliation to any of those teams. He's just he was just there. He just showed up. Uh, we gotta get rid of those shows. They're they're making hacks famous for the wrong reasons. I don't even know the one with Chris Carter, and uh, and I don't even know the guy who does he does it with. He looks like the guy who does Chris Carter does that show with looks like the poor man's version of Shaka Smart. So we, we gotta get rid of the shows. Apparently, like Coward's Wing Woman, she has a show, and I was just like. Why no one no one watches it? Yeah, I go through like all the things on ESPN Plus, which I don't even have and I don't even want. And then they're making stupid shows like Detail with like Kobe and Peyton Manning. No one cares about those. No one cares about those shows. That's what you have analysts for. Why do you make another show getting another guy's opinion? And then they got they got LeBron and his and his posse. They got their own little show. Kevin Durant has some show. I'm like Kevin Durant needs to focus on winning another title. These these players these athletes think I, I hate it. It's all because of the the turn of the century and the in the social in the digital media age where these athletes think they have to use a play. And we always we always hear that talk with the platform. Everyone has a platform. They need a platform. Your platform is playing a game. Like I don't want to know your views on the world or or whatever. I mean I'm not gonna say the phrase that got Laurie Ingram in trouble, but I she is not that far from the truth. That's what LeBron. You know, that's funny. Karma. Karma's a bitch, and we love Karma on the show. Friend of the show. That is why LeBron James is doing bad because he got hurt. That's all catching up to him. When you, too many cooks spoil the broth is one of my favorite sayings of all time. And like, I think when you do that stuff, it just takes. It's it's. You're not doing. It'd be like if I did my job, and then all of a sudden I am trying to film the next Hollywood movie. It's like. It doesn't. You can't do that. You can't serve two masters in that regard. You can't be like de- you can't be dedicated at multiple things. You can be dedicated at something, but then you half-ass other things. Poor LeBron. He's going in on all these TV shows and and and, and the shop, whatever that nonsense on HBO is. And Lakers are struck. And Lakers. Are, he gets hurt, and Lakers are struggling. It's is that a coincidence? I think not. Thumbs thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. To, thumbs down to Fox for for using round ball rock. Um, that's an that's an NBA song. I'm sorry. When I hear it, I think of not just the NBA and and and, and NBC, but just the National Basketball Association. It's not. It's, no, it's not college. I, the only song that I think of Fox is the Fox theme, which NASCAR was smart because they Fox they brought that to Fox on NASCAR, so that's the Fox Sports theme. That is what I think of Fox, not Round Ball Rock. So shame on. The, the 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 pretentious ass that thought that was a good idea must have been an ex ESPN employee. Um, thumbs down goes to the Olympics. There was a report this past week in the BBC that the break dancing is looking to become an Olympic sport. I don't know why. I don't know why. Again, I think everyone that works for the Olympics is are, are racist and sexist white males from Europe. Because they their perception on the world is so hazy and bad, 
like stuff like this happens. The, we have the Winter Olympics to Beijing. It, it, think every organization in, is headquartered in Europe is corrupt. Um, the EU, the uh, FIFA, the, the Olympic, the I, the IOC. It's all a cluster, and this is a this is a, a thing. This is a, a classic example. No one break dances in the world. Not enough for it to be an Olympics. What, what the Olympics is going to be in say about thirty years is it's going to be. The sad thing is, you know, they always say that it's the best. It's the best, the best, the best of the athletes. And some and like some Olympic sports, you know, like they don't have a college system. You you have to train. The Winter Olympics are a great example. You know, you got you got to you got to you know commit yourself to homeschool and do luge the rest of your life. Which I don't think those people should be lauded. You know, I think they should ultimately we should we shouldn't pray. We I don't know, even if you win a medal, you shouldn't be praised. You should be your parents should be locked in an asylum. Like I don't care if you had a luge thing, you a homemade luge thing in your backyard. You're poor. Like you're the people I live with here in upstate New York, which is funny because that's where Lake Placid is located. So thumbs down because this is you know it's like skateboarding coming to the Olympics. It, the Olympics is now going to get to the point where we're gonna have so many sports. It's gonna be it's gonna be a joke where like. And I said this before when they announced certain sports. Like, certain athletes will be viewed as Olympians. They're not Olympians. The Olympics, for me, are about six sports. It's swimming, it's track and field. Um, it's wrestling. And you know, I would go as far as say that is it. <laughs> because maybe diving. Oh, swimming and diving. Swimming and diving, wrestling, and track and field. Any sport that... You, if if you stripped us of our education, of our technology, of whatever, and 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 it, it, it's pure down to to manpower. Those are the three sports because a man has to walk. A man, you know, human has to walk, swim, and fight. And those three sports are true Olympic sports. And then you get to sort of basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Field hockey. We love field hockey. Shout out to American. Volleyball. Uh, you get to some of the things with the ball. But then but then you, you get to like equestrian, like snowboarding. You, you get like the bums of the world. Like, I, 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 will not, I will never view like – and like if breakdancing becomes an Olympic sport, I will never view that person as an Olympian. I will just, I will just think it is, you know – the, you know what it is is these people, these Europeans. They think they think the world is. They think MTV is still like a thing. Like they don't. I don't think they have. They don't have MTV. Like they don't have the Teen Mom, and and the and the the, the stupid talk. I don't even know what's on MTV anymore, or like the or like the MTV Awards. Like they think the, 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 the Europe, Europe lives in a perpetual state of the '90s, and they think everything surrounding that is it. Like the cool bro, like cool man. So thumbs down, thumbs down to that garbage. I, I really hope there's. I really, hope, I really hope that is the line that is drawn, because at the end of the day, it's all about money. It's why Thursday night football still exists. It's all about money, and that only makes you look bad because that only makes you a selfish a hole. Thumbs up though. Yeah. Um. Thumbs up to some. Thumbs up to uh, to Becky with the good hair. Uh, my co my Becky Mitchell, my coworker. Uh, great, great party on Friday, last Friday. Uh, mm. 
it's National Margarita Day, so we celebrate it in style. Uh, we love it. I haven't had a margarita in so long. I totally forgot what tequila tastes like, what happiness tasted like, because you know that those are such a, those are such a mainstream in Texas. They're such a delicacy in New York, kind of like Chick Fil A. But great party, great addition to the uh, to the Watkins Glen team. Very funny backstory with her. How she's from like the middle of up. She's like she's from like an hour and a half, an hour and an hour and a half north of the city. From uh from she's like the Monticello area, Rock Hill Monticello area. So she's from like the boonies. And then she's in her former job. She used to work at Talladega. So she used to work in like the boonies. But she has, but she's like I don't know. She's got a crazy backstory where she like knows all these people and you know so. Most interesting man, most interesting person in the world, definitely Becky Mitchell. Thumbs up to a great party though, uh, and also and thumbs up to uh, to my mom because I got a great call the other night saying, uh, well, she, I, "Cause I knew she was going to be in the area because she has to go to Pittsburgh because my brother's getting married. And they have to look for she has to look her my dad or her she has to look for her venues for the rehearsal dinner, and so she was like, yeah, we might come by. I'll, I'll come by and see you.' And I said, "It's fine. I'm home. Opening weekend is until the sixth." Uh, our first event is until that weekend of the 6th and 7th. So I get a call at 11 o'clock at night. I'm already in bed. She calls me, and she was like, hey, I'm coming to visit you. And I was like, yeah, I know. We've, we've talked. We already know this. <laughs> and I was, like, I, was like, I was like, okay, so what date? And she says, March 11. I look at the calendar. March 11 is a Monday. <laughs> my mom is going to be crashing at my place for a week, her entire spring, almost her entire spring break. So now I'm like, she's going to be there. She gets in on Monday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm probably going to take Thursday, Friday off. But Tuesday, Wednesday, my mom's just going to be crashing at my apartment, crashing at my house with nothing to do. She's not going to have a car because I take it to work. My landlord sucks. So I, and knowing the weather is going to be awful, probably. She's going to be snowed in. But she was like, you know what? This is what I love my mom. She was like, I can just take naps and watch TV. God bless Kathy Gardner. Uh, and I got some planning to do because she, she comes in a week. She's here in a week, and I am not prepared for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, any other, final sh- any other final thoughts for you on the show? Oh, gosh. You know, thumbs, uh, thumbs up to the entire uh, Fox News team that was in Hanoi. Uh, covering all the craziness, all the you know scheduling changes and lack of planning on the White House's part, you know crazy schedule, literally a twelve hour difference. So you don't yeah. know what time it is, you just don't know what part of the day it is. So tough <laughs> stuff. I salute them all. They're the real heroes, and uh, they deserve a shout out on Fanatic Radio. Yeah, I, I think the the one bit I watched of the Trump Kim. I watched them. I watched them. They walked up and shook hands. Um, laughable to see Sean Hannity in Hanoi. He was like, he was like on the back of a scooter, and I was like, he's gonna fall off. Going through that traffic is is such is such a death trap. But um, that'll do it. Oh, good. Actually, actually, no. Shout out to American University. Shout out to the men's basketball team. It's credit credit where credits due. They lost to Lehigh the other night. Surprise, surprise. Um, but. They've actually not done bad. You know, we we've expected that this is the year that Brennan's gonna get fired. They're, they're on the slow, they're on the slow end to a to a watery grave. No, regular season finale is against our fake rivals, Holy Cross. Um, but as of now, AU is tied for fourth with Army. 
So they could potentially get um, a decent path in the Patriot League tournament. You know, they don't have to play that the playing game. They could be uh, like in the quarterfinal, which is which would be interesting. Um, but I guess by virtue of not being last, that means Brennan will stay, which we don't want. But um, it's also a thumb. It's also a shout out because American American is fourth right now, eight and nine record in the conference. Magically, you have a three-way tie for first with Lehigh, Bucknell, and weirdly Colgate. And we hate all three of those schools. I I brushed my teeth with Crest. Actually, I don't use Sensodyne. But Bucknell, I think, was like eleven and two at one point in the conference, and now all of a sudden they've gone one and three their last four games, which is good because Bucknell is awful. But yeah, we will keep you posted. March is among us. It'll be it'll be it'll be nonstop college basketball until you know, the tournament is over. So stay tuned with that. We'll keep you up to date with the Eagles, what they're doing. Oh, so shout out to Wofford. We love it when the mid majors get ranked. Dangerous yeah. team as well. Dangerous team as well. They will whoever they play in the tournament, they will upset them. Just pray that they actually win their conference tournament because that will be the greatest case study if they do not win their conference tournament and a team that was ranked doesn't make the NCAA tournament. Such a travesty. Uh, selection Sunday is in two weeks. So until then, uh, Notorious Ben Fun, I'm Mike Gardner. This has been Fnatic Radio, so Box Talk Radio, podcast on iTunes, bv360.com. We're the Millennial Show. Until then, so long, everyone. Mm-hmm.